What is going on, everybody? We are back with another episode of Three Balls and BLP. We got Matt here with me. We got our good friend, Sean Andrake, on the pod. Sean is the current video coach for the Boston Bruins AHL affiliate, the Providence Bruins. He's worked with various professional teams, including the Dallas Stars and the Texas Stars. Is that correct, Sean? Yep, yep, that is correct. And he went to University of New Hampshire, so he's a Wildcat. Sean, what's going on, man? How are you? Not too much. I'm doing pretty good. Just uh, kind of in enjoying this well actually it's pretty miserable about out today here it's kind of rainy but yeah just enjoying the day love it matt how are you what's going on Leonard, man beautiful day in ohio actually sean thanks for coming on it's great to meet you looking forward to diving into some hockey um i'm a big fan of the sport but don't know too much else about it so looking forward to hearing kind of your your story your take on how the playoffs are going to play out some of the award winners and things like that so uh Again, thanks for coming on. Yeah, absolutely. So, Sean, we start every episode with a guest with a six-pack of random questions just to get the juices flowing and get things rolling. So my first question, we just did a series on movies and summer blockbusters and what was the best one of all time. So what's your favorite movie of all time? Ooh, probably Wedding Crashers. Can't go wrong there. It's a classic. Love it. Love it. It's a good pick. Um, okay. It's it's October, like hockey season's just starting, but it's a Monday night. There's no hockey on. Bruins aren't playing, but all the other sports are on. What sport are you watching and why? Probably football. Um, it's just kind of made for TV. Um, it's it's tough. Probably playoff baseball can be good, but I'm I'm more baseball if my team's in it. Uh, probably have to go with football. Okay. Right up our alley. Yeah. Um, all right. So, what have you been doing to keep busy during quarantine? I, I, we talked over the weekend about what you uh, you biking a lot, but what else have you been getting after? Yeah, biking a lot, like probably way too much, um, but it's something I, I enjoy quite a bit now. Um, I haven't played as much golf as I usually do. Um, that's that's kind of something I would do quite a bit. Uh, a lot of Zoom chats. I feel like that's what everybody's doing these days. Um, yep. And uh, maybe a little like the Zoom. Well, I guess the Zoom chats. There's a lot of work-related Zoom chats. So, um, so there's kind of that fine line of Zoom with your friends, Zoom with work. Um, so, what I do most of the time, I would say. Nice. All right. So, Mike kind of teased this question. He does this one a lot, but I'm gonna. Tweak it a little bit. Um, fuck, marry, or kill Chick-fil-A, Chipotle, or Wawa? Oh, uh, wow, that's tough. Um, I'm not really a Chick-fil-A guy, but they do have unreal chicken sandwiches. Um, probably marry Wawa because you can – or. Uh, Chipotle was the other one? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Marrying Chipotle. Marrying Chipotle. Uh, I'm going to kill Chick-fil-A. And then Wawa's going to fuck Wawa, I guess, because that's, that's the only one. But you can't go wrong with Wawa. Like, no, too, many options there. too many options there. For all yeah. of our, our non-Eastern part of the United States listeners, Wawa is a gas station. It's like Sheets for the Midwest. Like, better, yeah. 
I'm trying to think what it compares to in like Texas. Like the big. Oh, I don't think there is. Texas is like streets in Texas, but it's just it's a yeah. staple, an Easter East Coast staple. Yeah. yeah, you'd have to go like Rudy's in Texas, which is if you haven't been to Texas, it's it's gas station barbecue, but it's unbelievable. It's really then, good. it's unbelievable. And then also this you can't compare to anything else in the world, but it's top notch. If you're ever driving through Texas, Bucky's. You gotta stop at Bucky's. The biggest <laughs> gas station you've ever seen but it's like a, a gas station combined with walmart but it's all things texas incredible is, is that that gas station you stopped at on your way home from the championship game in san antonio a couple years ago yeah yeah it's like it might be 200 gas pumps and then like you go inside and you can buy everything from hunting gear to candy to coolers grills like it's they literally have everything and the bathrooms are the cleanest bathrooms you'll ever go in. Like it's, and that's like one of the things they pride themselves on is like having clean bathrooms. It's unbelievable. I remember you talking about that and uh, at the final four, and then you sent us, a, sent me and Kylie, my sister, a video of like pulling into it. And I was like, Oh wow, that place is ridiculous. Yeah. It's something, it's something special. That's there needs to be more of those around the country because it's, it's top notch. All right. So my question, my next question, your golf game, is it getting better or worse once, once you start boozing? Oh, it's probably worse. I would say my, my putting is consistent. The rest of it's just getting worse. Follow up. Are you having more fun once you start boozing or are you more relaxed? So you start caring less. I, I would say I would say the fun and relax go hand in hand when I if I was to start boozing golfing because because if not then I'll just be I think I'm better than I am I'm one of those guys so I'll uh, you know I'll just get frustrated with my game but for sure uh, the booze will help you loosen up a little bit and definitely more fun but I'd say the game probably either stays the same or might even get slightly worse but um, yeah. putting putting is my go to anyway in golf so. All right. We'll note that for when we need a guy for a scramble in the Northeast. <laughs> there you go. Join our scramble team. I know one person in particular we can kick off. Yeah, Nick. Um, all right, my, and then the last question for the six-pack. We might have seen this circulating on Twitter or Instagram or whatever, uh, but the game's on the line. You, you get to pick one person. Who do you want on your team? You got Tinted Visor Ovechkin, Guarantee Messier, Mullet Yager, overtime Patrick Kane, Olympic TJ Oshie, half tuck Wayne Gretzky, or Mister Game Seven. Who are you who are you riding with? Ooh, I'm assuming we're we're referring to Mister Game Seven as uh, Justin Williams. Of course, of course. He's for those of you who don't know, it's Justin Williams. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick him, and I'll tell you why. It's because I hit him in the face with a puck. So. <laughs> actually busted his lip open gave him eight i think it was like eight or is either eight or 16 stitches might have been might have been 16 eight like on the inside eight on the outside but i'm gonna pick him um just because like he's unbelievable and, and he might be when we get into it he might be uh a game changer for the hurricanes there so okay but how did you how did you split his lip open <laughs> i was working a hockey camp um actually the summer after he won the con Smythe 
and uh, he he lived in AC. I don't know if he still does, but he he's down there. Him and Dennis Seidenberg, uh, his kid was in the camp, so they came out one morning and skated with us, uh, the counselors and a couple other guys, playing three on three. And I get the puck in the slot and go to shot and ramps right up his stick, right into his mouth. And you should have seen the scene with the parents. It was incredible. Like everyone was running over like, oh, here, take my, I got a number for a, for a plastic surgeon all this stuff. It was like just chaos. And I like, I felt bad, but at the same time, it did ramp off his stick. So, <laughs> so some of the blame's on him. A, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> maybe more than some. I think that's his fault. I'll say it's his fault. You heard it here first. Yeah. <laughs> That's a that's an all time story though. That is a great story. You just gotta tweak it so like you did it before a game seven when he scored the game winning goal. Like it's like one of those fish stories. The fish gets bigger <laughs> each time. Well, yeah. I mean, it, it was it was for the win. Like if I scored on that shot, game's over, we win. So, you know, he is Mister Game Seven in the sense that he can still end the game. Yeah. Damn. Love it. All time story, but. All right, so that's our six-pack of questions. Let's get into it. We've got hockey coming back. The uh, qualifying rounds start August 1st. They got The setup is two bubble cities, Toronto and Edmonton. The Eastern Conference is in Toronto. West is in Edmonton. The top four teams from each conference are playing a round-robin to get seedings one through four. And then seeds five through 12 are playing a best-of-five series to advance. So, Sean, real quick, what's your – take on the restart do you like this format is this kind of like the best case scenario for it and are you looking forward to this playing out yeah i think uh i mean one thing i'm definitely excited for is to have hockey on pretty much all day um that that'll be entertaining for all the fans it'll be interesting to see how tv broadcasts do it um but i do like the format i think it's probably the best way to do it um especially you know, you have the NBA in a hub city like Orlando, a little bit different for them where they're kind of taking over Disney, but they can all go into one spot. I think if you were to do that in, uh, with, with the NHL, you would, it'd be hard to find enough rinks. You could maybe do it in Toronto with, uh, the AHL team and having, uh, with, with the NHL team, both facilities, if you could use both of those, but you really do need two facilities. And, and I think uh, Edmonton and Toronto will be great, uh, great hub cities for, for the teams there. It is kind of cool how, you know, with the, you know, hockey being, you know, having some strong roots in Canada, like the playoffs, I, I, I feel like this year having the playoffs just in Canada, it's going to mean something like it's, it's, it's going to be really polarizing and I'm excited to see it. Uh, I just don't think, I don't think it would have the same impact if it was played in the States. Yeah, it might not. Um, I will say, you know, regardless of if a Canadian team actually wins it, Canadians might actually see the cup lifted and, and, uh, on the turf, uh, I think it's been a a long while for them, but, uh, I think, uh, I think it'll be good there. You know, like they're both great cities or hockey cities, um, the fans will be into it. I mean, granted, they won't be at the games, but uh, it, it, it'll be good, I think, for the market and um, in Toronto and in Edmonton yeah. um, to have all that going on. So, Yeah, you heard it here first. The Cubs coming to Canada this year, folks. <laughs> yep. uh-huh. 
Mike, I like this next question you have. Like this is this is intriguing. I think this is you know, this is about most sports you know, with the restart right now, but you know, Mike asked me this earlier. So, uh, Sean, I want your take on it. Like, do you think this format, the you know, the restart, do you think it favors the younger teams or does it favor the, you know, the more veteran teams? You know, the playoffs, it's always it seems to be the veteran staple, but, you know, this year has been so unpredictable. I think it could play into a younger team's hands. I think you can get some of the younger teams that are, you know, uh, they come off hot and quick. Um, the tough thing, and, and this is what, I don't think a lot of people will realize is a five game series. Those go really fast. Um, that's what we have in the AHL in our first round. Uh, so those, that first series might favor a young team. Uh, when you get into the regular playoff uh, series with it's best of seven, um, I think it's going to really, uh, it might play into the more veteran teams. However, you do have young, like you do have a team like the Bruins um, and I'm not just saying this because I work with them, but they, they do have a good mix, I'd say, of young and old. Um, so that might work to their favor. Uh, some of the really young teams, they you know, you want the, the fans putting pressure on in the building. But I, I do think, you know, if they get themselves into a little bit of a hole, it might be tougher for them to climb out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but then again, like, with the fast starts, uh, that'll be important in this. So if, if, if a team is, comes out sleepy, if they're a veteran team and they, they're not go like ready to go right away, they, they might really struggle in the first or in the early going, I should say. How much do you think, excuse me, playing in front of like empty stadiums is going to affect the guys. Do you think it's just going to be like an adjustment period for the first couple of games? And then it's going to be like business as usual. Or do you think when it gets to like, later games like possible game six game seven and the later rounds is going to really play a factor with these guys that are used to having crap home home ice advantage and it's just going to be crickets i think it'll be i i don't know that the guys will notice it as much maybe when they're celebrating a goal um because you're going to be able to hear yourself in the building and that's it um so really that's where I can see it making more of an impact. I don't know that it'll matter as much for visiting teams, you know, having to, to hear a crowd or maybe it helps them, I should say, but it's kind of a neutral site. Guys have grown up playing, you know, in buildings that are pretty empty. Um, you know, when, and when you're in the game, I think you're just so focused on the game itself. You know, the crowd is just kind of background noise. I, I will be wondering a little bit and I don't know this, um, because I'm not on the ice in a game, but I would wonder if it's harder to find the puck uh, without a crowd than with a crowd. Uh, just maybe the color of the seats when it gets you know flipped up high in the air. I don't know if when there's people in the stands, they might be wearing all sorts of different things. You think that might be harder to find the puck, but at the same time, I don't know if it's, it's a lighter environment where a lot of arenas tend to have darker seats. So maybe the receipts make it tougher to pick up the puck. So that, that would be something you'd probably have to talk to a goalie more about that. But, um, yeah. but I, you know, I don't have that experience, but that would be something that I would think could maybe be a little bit of a factor. That's a great point. Like something you definitely like never even think about, um, you know, from a shot or just a pass, like a high pass, you're trying to locate it, but all of your sudden you're looking for a black puck against a black, a black backdrop. You're like, I have no idea where it went. That's crazy. Yeah. I didn't 
Yeah, like it, especially I, I've been on the ice in practices, and that's you know when you have an empty building, um, and you know the puck hits off the the goalpost and ricochets up in the air, and you don't know where it is. So mm-hmm. we have a very dark building in Providence, um, and the seats are black. So puck goes up in the air, it's easy to lose it, um, and thankfully I haven't been hit by any pucks. But guys, guys do get hit by pucks sometimes. So. You just hit chain pop up. So you you hit game seven winning uh, NHL players. With pucks. <laughs> yeah, I just hit, I just hit the players with the pucks. You know, that's it. So, so this question is not like our topics that we were thinking about, but this just came to me. I think personally that the empty crowds is going to affect like the fourth line guys, the like goons, like the the guys that feed off of the crowd energy that are just trying to go out there and hit somebody and get people riled up. Do you think that's going to play a factor or do you think that I'm just like crazy? No, I I think it could, if you're talking about momentum swings, you know, like a big hits, a big hit. It's, you know, the guys are still going to be pumped up uh, on the ice, but at the same time, yeah, like you're not going to have that little extra boost from the crowd that, that kind of gets everybody going. Um, But at the same time, a lot of these fourth lines, the guys are, still pretty skilled nowadays it's not yeah. much of a of a goon type scenario um you know maybe that back in the day a little bit where those guys strictly were there for enforcers and beating people up you, you do have some guys that that's their role but they can also play so it, it'll be i don't know that it'll have as much of an effect but maybe you know when, when you make a big hit sure the guys are going to be pumped up on the bench but without that little extra boost from the crowd, it might not have as big of an impact, but yeah, um, that that's really, I don't know that it'll change everything. You know, like I, I don't know that it'll really affect their game that much. Yeah. It makes sense. It makes sense. You'll still have all that chirping going on and stuff. And I think the guys will, you know, you might not hear it on TV because uh, last I heard they're putting the games on a five second delay, which is a bit of a disappointment. You know, it would be nice to, to hear that, but uh, I think it's probably better for the players that they don't do it just in case something's let out that shouldn't be let out. So, you know, especially yeah. how, uh, how, how much you have to tiptoe around now, you know, like people that aren't used to what happens, you might hear something you might not like and you, the league doesn't want any of that backlash. So it's probably a smart decision for them. Yeah. I would have to agree, although that was one of the things I was looking forward to, just hearing the chirps from every single game, but that makes sense. Should... Yeah, there, there's been some good ones that, you know, we've I've heard, so I'm not out on the bench, obviously, but there's there's been good ones that I was told, and I'm like, I'm always like, oh, I wish I was, I was out there for that. And some of them aren't even that bad in, in the sense of language or anything. It's just like they're really good one-liners, and yeah. – I was looking forward to hearing some of those, you know, who, who's, who's very smart when they're chirping guys. Maybe they're, it's nothing that terrible that they're saying, but it, who's got the good one-liners and stuff. Just funny. Yeah. Yeah. Mike, I'm going to let you ask this next question because I know it's burning, it's burning in your. Oh yeah. So being like in kind of the, the business, how do you think like players and coaches have handled this off time and kind of the ramp up to get back into the swing of things? Do you think it's going to help guys out to have this, you know, long lengthy rest and just like 
you know, working out, but not really like game reps and stuff like that? Or do you think it's going to really hurt people to be like cold Turkey jumping right back into it? Uh, I think, you know, the guys definitely take care of their bodies and they're definitely working out. Um, they might've not been skating as much. I do think a lot of guys were able to find some ice over the, uh, the break, um, whether or not you agree with some of those places should have been open or not the rinks, but uh, I do think guys were able to find ice. Um, and I think where you might see it is it'll be a little sloppy. It'll be like the beginning of the season. Um, there's always the first couple games are kind of scrambly uh, until guys kind of at game pace down, but everything I've been reading on Twitter and stuff, it's, there's been a lot of scrimmages going on in these uh, two week camps that they're having now. And then they do have a couple of, uh, of scrimmage type games before, before they'll be starting up. So I think they might work some of the kinks out in that. Um, it'll be interesting to see the teams that have the best of five series or that first round series compared to the teams in the, uh, in the play or the, I guess, I don't know what they're calling around the, uh, the teams that are in the top four where they're kind of playing little round Robin amongst themselves for seeding. Um, I do wonder if the teams that are in the, the more competitive games in the playoff series, if, if that gives them a little bit of an advantage, um, just cause it's going to be, it might be more meaningful than the, the round Robin granted. I think the players and the teams will take that round Robin pretty seriously. Yeah, unless somebody gets hurt, like that would be the only thing that would be a downfall of that. You know, extra games in any sport sometimes can be bad. Um, but we'll see. I mean, hockey, I don't ever worry about it with hockey just because everyone just plays through that crap. But, you know, if it's like the NFL or something, you could hear everybody just screaming. It'd be a real, real big issue. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say the hockey guys, uh, they'll play through it. Um, you know, I, I do wonder kind of the same thing with those round robin games. Well, guys, they'll play hard, but will, will they be more cautious? And sometimes when you're cautious, that's when you get hurt. Uh, you know, I, like, but at the same time, you know, are guys going to maybe go for that knockout hit in the round robin games? Maybe because if, you know, you're, you're a player on the opposing team and you knock a guy out from one of those other teams, you might it might help you in, in the long run, but at the same time, I don't, I don't know if those guys will be willing to risk as much to get hurt. Mm -hmm. um, but I, it's tough to tell because they've never really done this type of thing before. So, you know, I think at the end of the day, guys are competitive and they're going to want to win no matter what. Yeah. yeah. So um, kind of getting into it, you know, with the, the format, I mean, we're going to ask some picks um, from you here in a little bit, but do you have any sleepers, like teams you're worried about, teams you think that might come out that would be a surprise? Yeah, one team, and I don't know, I don't know if I'd put them in the in a cup-winning team, but a team that I think can make some upsets and this might get a, a little bit of that first-round matchup there, but I do think the Rangers um, can surprise some people, uh, depending on who they start in goal um, and, and where that that's at, but Igor Shosturkin, who was pretty, pretty darn good against us in the regular season in the AHL. Um, he, and he, I think was doing pretty well in the NHL before, uh, that little car accident injury. And, um, he's kind of a dark horse for them and, and goaltending, I think is going to be huge, but, uh, 
I don't know if I'd consider this other team a sleeper, um, but maybe Dallas in the West. I do like them in a, in a series. I don't know that they, they're not a quick starting team, at least kind of historically, that's how they've been at the beginning of the regular season. And you can almost say this is similar to that, but I, I think they're built more for, you know, a, a seven game series where it's not, you know, a one and done scenario. Um, right. so I do think they're kind of built for that. Um, I don't know two other teams that would be too much of a surprise. I want to say like Pitt is in the playing round um, and you can never count them out, um, especially with the talent they have. And they got some guys back from injury now, Jake Gensel, uh, you know, mm-hmm. has got all that offensive talent. But there's some other things in there too. So I would say in the West, top four would be Dallas. Um, in the East, and I don't know that they'd win, but the Rangers might be a, a, a little bit of a sleeper, depending on the goalie situation. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> before we get back to like the matchups and kind of maybe discussing some picks here. We mentioned this when I saw you over the weekend with the lottery and the draft and the fiasco that unfolded where if you don't follow hockey that closely, the top overall pick is going to be from a team that's in the playoffs because who the fuck knows why. Um, So how do you think that's going to play into some of these teams' minds? Like, is it going to benefit some like one team to maybe think like, why would we risk getting these guys hurt for long term when we can just kind of tank, not tank, but like take it easy on a series? And if we lose, oh, we still could get the first pick. Or do you think that's not even in like the minds of some guys? Uh, I'm going to say the players, they're not thinking that at all. They want to win. Um, yeah. Management, you know, they might not mention it to, to, you know, to any media or anything like that, but I can guarantee there's probably some management teams that are, maybe silently hoping they uh, they lose out and can get that first overall pick. Like, can I, and I'm not saying Pitt would ever think this way, but just can you imagine them getting the first overall pick and you have Crosby and Malkin along with the rest of their team that's already pretty deep. Like, that, that would be huge for them just mm-hmm. in the future. Um, so, you know, I don't think they would, they're a team that would want to lose out, but – would that help them a lot or would that help them keep them like keep uh, competitiveness for a longer time as opposed to, you know, Crosby and Malkin are getting a little bit older. That would be huge for them if they were to somehow walk away with the first pick. But I mean, I'm sure you have teams that where they're, they're secretly hoping, you know, they get that first overall pick, but at the same time, I think everybody just wants to win, especially in a, in a year like this where it's the regular season, isn't flowing directly into the playoffs. So things are kind of more up in the air. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I would say, I would say you, you want to go for it, but it's not a bad consolation prize. Put it that way. Yeah. Isn't there like one crazy scenario where I forget that, but there's like one team that can make it all the way to the final and still get the first overall pick. I, I read that I was on like a deep dive and I think, I think it might have been the Rangers wow. where like they can go to the cup and either win or lose and still end up with the first overall pick through like 
some tie. I don't know, but it's like it could be, you know. And I don't know. I I don't remember all the trade deadline deals that were made, but there could be something where a team, maybe the Rangers and Carolina, maybe this is what it is, because um, I do think they made a trade at one point where maybe the Rangers got Carolina's first round pick from this year. And mm-hmm. Let's say the Rangers made it all the way to the Cup final and won. Uh, and Carolina lost in that playing round. Uh, they, you know, maybe if they won the lottery and got the first pick, it would go to the New York Rangers that way. Yeah. I'm not totally sure how that would work. And I'm not sure if any teams do have that, but that's really the only one. And I didn't read that. So I, I, that's the only one like way that I think something like that could happen is if, is if one of the teams that wins has the first round pick team that loses and if that team that loses, if their pick is the one that that get you know wins the lottery, uh, that's how that would shake out. I would guess, but I, I don't really know. I didn't I didn't read anything on that one, so I'm not too sure about that. But that would be a crazy scenario, that's for sure. Yeah, I got I got into the dark web a little bit after after the lottery because I was like, what the fuck's but I also could be very wrong. So, um, but. Right, let's get into some of these matchups in the first round and the qualifying rounds. Um, which of the first round, like qualifying round matchups, are you like most intrigued about that? Like, whenever that game's on, you're going to rearrange your schedule to be like, I need to see what's going on, just because maybe it's like a team that shouldn't have been in there that co- could make a run, or it's just going to be two teams that are absolute studs that can, you know, both make a run to the to the cup. One that I'll be pretty interested in would be a uh, Calgary, Winnipeg, uh, two Canadian cities, you know, so it might not appeal to most people uh, in the States just because they're teams that they wouldn't think about, but I feel like they're pretty well balanced. Winnipeg has the edge I'd say in goal, but, um, but Calgary, Winnipeg, they're both those, those teams have some offensive skill um, and, and they have some exciting players to watch offensively. Um, so that, that one might be a pretty offensive matchup where it might be pretty fun to watch. Um, and then, you know, another one would be Toronto and Columbus. Columbus might play a more defensively structured game, but Toronto also has that wow factor in the offensive ability. So, I mean, I feel like you can't really get bored of watching a team that's got so much offensive talent like Toronto has. Um, and they got a lot of superstars in the game right now. Uh, that that's a team that I would I would definitely want to watch uh, in the East. Uh, they might make they might make some plays that'll pull you out of your seat from time to time. So yeah, and then kind of outside of the Rangers, what's kind of like one of the super lower seeded teams that literally has no business being in the playoffs that you think could, you know, either make some noise or maybe win a qualifying round. Because I mean, if you look at it, it's like Chicago, the Blackhawks snuck their way in and they have all of the pedigree of a team that could, you know, work their way to the cup, but they just had, you know, a rough start to the season and injuries and stuff like that. And then, I mean, the Canadians in the East as a 12 seed probably still have the best goalie in the world in Carey Price. If he gets hot, you could ride him all the way in, but what's kind of a lower seeded team that you think, think has a chance to you know make some headlines or make some noise uh well you kind of got chicago that was actually going to be 
be one that I, I'm a little bit intrigued by that matchup there, Chicago-Edmonton. I mean, you have the best player in the world um, in Connor McDavid, and then you have Chicago, who they're the Blackhawks. Like, everybody knows all about them with Kane and Taves. Uh, they're, they're a good team. It'll be interesting. Chicago did win the regular season series. Um, you know, I, I think they can make a little bit of a run. They can definitely win that first round. And that that's kind of the team that I had in mind, um, you know, to, to kind of be a, a team that I guess most people wouldn't expect or maybe didn't have any business being in the playoffs because I think standing-wise they were, they were pretty low. Um, but they're a team that can win at least, at least the first round matchup. Um, and you never know what can happen. Like they, they have some exciting players. They, they've got that veteran um, ability, you know, they have the veteran talent on their team where they might, it, it might work out for them um, in a short kind of weird summer like this uh, where it might just, the stars might align and they can go for, I think it'd be like the fourth cup in uh, however many years it's been. So yeah. Uh, they're they're a team that yeah I think they can they can you know they didn't have any business being in it um I thought they did in the beginning of the season personally uh and then they kind of slowly started fading out there uh at one point but uh I think yeah they they're that kind of that team Matt you want to tell Sean who your uh preseason pick was and your your long your what's now looking pretty oh, stupid yeah. My future at the beginning of the year until they went and just like shit the bed and everybody got hurt and the two best defensive men, in my opinion, in the NHL just decided to stop playing hockey. Yeah, the San Jose Sharks just shit the bed. Yeah, that was a, that was a weird one. I, I mean, I, I'm not going to say I'm totally shocked by it, but I didn't think them they were going to be that bad and i hate to say it. i actually worked for the sharks at one point and i do really like a lot of the people there but um it was, that's just a strange strange one to me how they kind of just totally fell apart because even watching last year um in the playoffs and i thought we were going to be playing them actually at one point um it didn't work out that way but they were a team that i was you know a little bit concerned about i just thought they had that you know, the, the, the stars were kind of aligning for them and then uh, it didn't work. And that total debacle there where uh, I don't even want to get into that. That was, that was something else. It seemed like everything came crashing down after that loss there. So yeah, uh, the season was kind of a bust for them, but um, who knows if they can, you know, recoup it next year or not. It's, it, things can change pretty quickly. And, um, you know, some teams can, all of a sudden turn it around like that. But that, that one to me, I didn't see them being where they are this season at the beginning of the season. So, yeah. yeah. So I had the chance to win $2,200 on that future. It did not pan out. <laughs> That's a little bit of a letdown there. Cause that could have been a nice win. I think it was like five, $3 or something. And I parlayed it with like, I don't know, some award, somebody winning some award. And, eh. When you told me about that, Matt, I felt like it was a safe bet. I'm like, oh, yeah, it's the Sharks. They have that, you know, they're going to be good. But... Talent. I mean, granted, they lost Pavelski and what's-his-name is ancient, but yeah, a chance. It's tough. Tough. But, 
All right, let's get into a little bit of picks here. Who do you think is coming out of those first qualifying rounds for each um, conference? All right, I'll start with the uh, the West. I got in the first round, I have a – I know I did mention Chicago there, but I, I'm going to pick Edmonton. I just think, you know, you have Leon Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid. Those two guys are unbelievable. You know, it's – hopefully for the NHL – those two guys come out of that round um, because I think, you know, that you want your star players, you know, in the playoffs. Granted, it's not a bad option with Chicago either, having Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves yeah. um, big market. But I do think Edmonton's going to gonna squeak out of that one. That one could maybe be a five-gamer um, just because, like I said, Chicago did win the regular season series. So um, that would – that one would be an interesting one to watch. Um but yeah, I'm gonna go with Edmonton there. And then next uh, next round, or I mean, I guess the next matchup that I have is uh, Nashville Arizona, uh, and I think Nashville hands down. Um, they were making a little bit of a run there. I think towards the end of the season, they could have almost gotten into that top four. Um, and Arizona, I just I just don't see it working out for them uh, this season. Uh, Van Vancouver, Minnesota. This is an interesting one too. It, Vancouver's got a lot of offensive talent. Um, they probably should win. Mi- Minnesota has, if they play boring hockey, um, they have the goaltending that might work out in their favor. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I know when we played them a bunch uh, when I was with Dallas, it was like it was their frustrating games. Like you, you might be dominating a game, but just the way they play or they did, at least I know coaches have changed there, but it was very boring and they would play kind of a defensive style in your own end. And then uh, all of a sudden they come down and they get a weird goal and that's it. You can't, you can't beat them. Um, so it might work out for them, but I'm going to go with Van. Um, Calgary, Winnipeg, this one, I had one of the toughest picks. Uh, for me, because um, I think it'll be a very offensive series. Uh, but Winnipeg, I picked them just because they have Connor Hellebuck, who's a, uh, a Vezina uh, Trophy finalist. So I, I think you know he'll he'll be the guy uh, that might help Winnipeg win that series. Um, in the East, I'll go Pitt over Montreal. Uh, Pitt is just Pitt. They're a deeper team. Um, you know, they're, they're exciting. They could easily be in that top four. Um, they've had some injuries. They're getting guys back. Uh, Carolina, New York. I actually went with New York on this one. And like I said, if it's Igor Shosturkin for me. He's a guy that's that could steal the show for the Rangers. Um, I, his numbers in the KHL were unbelievable. His numbers in the AHL this year were unbelievable. Um, you know, I think if they go with him in, in goal, they might be able to make a little bit of a run. Uh, Islanders, Panthers. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the Islanders on this one, but you know, Bobrovsky is with Florida, and he didn't have a great year this year, but he is a pretty good goalie. So you know that that might change things. And same with special teams. Florida's power play was pretty good and they they got some weapons there so you know they they might be able to 
to win if it favors out that way. But I, I like the Islanders in that series. And then Toronto, Columbus. Um, Columbus, I think, probably plays a slightly more structured game, um, with, especially with Torts. And, and he's done an unbelievable job getting them to where they are this year. But I just think Toronto, with their offensive talent, especially being a five-game series, uh, I think they'll be able to, to make, make it out of that series. All right. And then love, let's go. Yeah, Matt's in Columbus, so he's happy to hear that. Yeah, yeah. Big CDJ's guy there. Um all right, so I don't want to go through like each round of the next one because we don't know where the top four seeds are gonna be going. But right, yeah. at the end of you know the Eastern Conference playoffs and the Western Conference playoffs, who do you see playing for that Stanley Cup championship? I don't we don't have to get into a, a Stanley Cup pick. Uh, you can say the Bruins. You can also not say the Bruins is wherever you we want. We want to keep the bosses happy. Um, but so maybe if you don't, if you think it's the Bruins, another team that could be, you know, right there. But who do you see yeah. playing for the cup? I'll go. You know, I'll do this. I'll go uh, my final four, and then I'll uh, throw in my top matchup. I guess um, final four, and and I don't know how it's going to work out with seedings and all this stuff because that's a lot of unknown. But in the West, I do. Depending on matchups, uh, I can see it being uh, St. Louis, Dallas, or Dallas, Vegas. Um, I think, I think Dallas. Like I said, it, and this is not because I worked for them, but I just think they're they have incredible goaltending um, with Ben Bishop, and then you also have Anton Kadobin, who's who's a phenomenal backup. I think they're, you know, they were one of the top tandems in the league, um, so. Uh, it's hard to really not like them in a seven game series. St. Louis, they're the defending cup champs. They have Tarasenko will be coming back. Uh, Colorado, and like I said, a lot of it will depend on matchups. I just, if they, I'm pretty sure they were swept by Dallas in the regular season. Um, so they're, they're an exciting team to watch, but I just don't know if they have, it, it'll depend on the matchups. And Vegas is, they're another one of those teams. They got a great goaltending tandem. Um, I think they're well coached. Uh, they were well coached before, and they're also well coached now with Pete DeBoer. Um, I can see them beating Dallas. So I, that's a tough one, but I'm going to go just because we don't know. I'm going to go Dallas St. Louis um, in the West. And in the East, this is another real tough one. If, Philly struggled on the road, I think it was a lot this year, uh, goaltending. Um, but they were tearing it up towards the end of the season. Um, so they're, they're kind of like the dark horse in that top four category. Um, Boston, they they were the best team all season. Um, typically, at least as of late, that hasn't really translated to winning the cup. But uh, I just can't, can't count them out. So I'm going to say them and... Maybe Tampa in the final in the final four, um, just because Tampa is their defensive game to me is is where I think their weakness is. But I think and they you know I think they're a team that always wanted to win, you know by big margins like they just they score one goal and they want to make it two three four or five goals before you know win five to one or you know four nothing. Um, 
but now I think they, they've kind of learned a little bit this season. Um, they've been through some ups and downs. So, and they were kind of going on a run there towards the end. So I could see Boston, Tampa, um, being in the final four there. And then the cup, I wouldn't be shocked if it's a rematch, uh, St. Louis, Boston. I, I would not be surprised by that at all. Um, yeah, I, that that might be very possible to have have a rematch again, uh, Boston, Boston, Tampa, like, or, or I mean Boston, uh, St. Louis. But it's it's so tough to predict these things. Uh, yeah, because they're just a different animal. But um, based off the regular season, I'm gonna put Boston in there, and and I selfishly want them to win the whole thing. <laughs> but makes sense. But, uh, yeah, but I'd say those would be my top four teams, and I don't know for the sake of the two teams I've worked for. Let's go Boston, Dallas in the in the finals there, and uh, with the Boston win, that would be ideal. Yeah, the Sean Andrake series. Yeah, yeah, exactly. An ideal that would work out for uh, the the organization I'm currently working for if they were to win the whole thing. So yeah. that's what I would like to see. You know, I like it. I like it. Um, all right, let's run through real quick. Some of these award finalists award picks here. Uh, we don't have to go through all of them, but who do you have as the Norris trophy for best defenseman? For those of you who don't follow hockey very closely. If I was, if it was more of a defensive defenseman trophy, I would, I would say Victor Hedman. Um, but because it's kind of an all around and they do, go with points a lot I, I'm going to say John Carlson just because he he led defensemen in points pretty much from the start of the season um, he's a stud back there on D so I'm going to have to make him as my pick um, just because I, I tend to think that's what gets chosen um, but yeah they, they do need to add a category for defensive defensemen yeah. um, make it a little bit more interesting because a, a lot of times it's guys that put up offensive numbers that win the Norris so yeah. Matt, who do you got? Um, I want to say Roman Yossi, but honestly, I think uh, I think Victor Hedman's gonna win it. Yeah. Um, it was just a name I feel like for that's been around for a while, and um, he's always in that like final three. So I'm gonna give it to him. Yeah, I'd probably go Roman Yossi just because I like him the most out of the out of those three. Because I hate the Caps, so I can't really give it to Carlson. <laughs> I mean, uh, he's a hell of a player. He's definitely. Yeah. And he does have that both. He is pretty all around, but yeah. um, you know, I, I just like you look at Carlson's points, and it's almost in a way hard to not give it to him, uh, yeah. just because his goals were incredible. But but Yossi's up there too, so I I'd say it's between those two. But I'm going to lean Carlson. All right, uh, Selkie Trophy, which is for the best defensive forward. You got one of your Boston guys here, so. If it's not Patrice, who do you like between <laughs> John Couturier and Ryan O'Reilly? Uh, I think I'll go with Couturier. Um, but out of O'Reilly is a great player, and you know he was great for St. Louis in the playoffs all last year, obviously. Um, but I'm going to say Couturier uh, if I can't choose Bergie. But like, guy is incredible, and and you know he's he's my guy. Yeah. Him for sure, but um, if I can't choose him, yeah, Couturier. 
I think Berge, if he wins this year, he like sets the record for most Selkies. I think I saw that. I think he's got, I don't know if it'd be four or five, I want to say, but uh, way off. I know he's been, I think it's like nine years straight that he's been a finalist for it or something. So, so fucking good. Yeah, he's incredible. Matt, who do you got? I'm going to give it to O'Reilly, though. Just being around you know, what he did for that team last year, and I know it doesn't co- like carry over, but I feel like it, in everybody's head, he kind of deserves it. All right, that hurts. I'm going with the hometown guy, Couturier. Just because I love that he's finally getting some recognition. Like, he's been a Selkie finalist the past two years. So, uh, I'm going Coots. But, uh, all right, Vezina, we've got another one of your Bruins here in Tuca. But if it's not him, who do you like? This this was a tricky one for me because I uh, didn't get the um, games played. I'm actually going to try and pull it up here because I was looking for – games played this this usually relies on games played um and i want to lean again towards vasilevsky um hellebuck is great but i'd say because tukes he you know he splits a lot with uh with um i, I can't i don't know this is terrible i can't remember the name right now. <laughs> but uh uh Halak. is it Halak? yeah yeah Halak. uh i i i like he splits a lot, the net a lot with him. Um, and I, I want to say Vasilevsky might still lead in games played for goalies. Um, so I, because of that, going to say him, but Hellebuck is, is an incredible goalie too. Um, and I think there's wins in there. Um, I can't remember if it's Hellebuck or Vasilevsky who's got more wins. I think Vasilevsky has more wins, but Hellebuck has more shutouts. Yes, Hellebuck, Hellebuck has more shutouts. You know what? He leads the league in shutouts. He's he's in the top in save percentage. Vasi isn't. Uh, that's a tough one, man. It, there's, I mean, you can say, I'm just gonna go with two. Yeah. I'm just gonna go with two. I was just gonna say, just go with that. That's, that's who I want. That's who I want to win that one. But that one's a crapshoot. That it's so hard to pick. And it all depends on kind of what guys weight more, but maybe Hellebuck because he's got he might he leads more than Vasilevsky in a few categories. So I think I'll have to go with him if I can't choose to. But. Matt, who are you going with? So um, just to get the the stats right here because I pulled it up. So Hellebuck tied for first in games played, and he led in shutouts, but Vasilevsky leads the league in wins. Okay. What's the difference? What's the difference between the two of them in wins? Does, do you have that there? Um, I don't, but I can, I can find it. Um, there might be a step, but um, just so just for that overall on a pick, um, I'm gonna go Hellebuck, leading in shutouts and games played. Um, so that's gonna be my my pick. And like give me yours, I'll look up the overall. Win. Yeah. No. You know what? I got it right here. Yeah. I'm. You know what? I'm gonna go Hellebuck because. It's it's a difference of four wins, and Hellebuck's got more games played, um, so he's got less wins, but his save percentage is slightly higher. Uh, goals against is not really any difference, and he's got the most shutouts. So I, I'm gonna that's who I'm gonna choose if it's not Tuca. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Hellebuck too, just because I want some fresh blood up there with with the Vesna. I feel like it's Vasilevsky won it last year. I'm pretty sure. 
and Tuca is just he's been too good for too long. So I need some I need some fresh <laughs> blood up there. But I did look up the Patrice numbers for Selkie. He's been nominated nine straight seasons for the award and is tied for the most wins with Bob Gainey with four. So if he wins this year, he'll have the record himself. Yeah, I think he's got to win it this year just because of that. Maybe. Maybe. We'll see. <laughs> um, all right, let's go Hart Trophy next. Uh, it is Panarin, McKinnon, and Dreisaitl. This is a tough one as well. I mean, none of these are easy, but who do you guys have winning the MVP and the, as the Hart Trophy winner? So – I'm going to go with uh, – I'm going to actually do two in this one. It's going to be the Ted Lindsay and the Hart um, because – That's the that's the player's vote one, right? I think so, yeah. Um, but it's most outstanding player and then the most valuable player. Um, and, you know, I, I don't know if the player if, – if it'll be the same, you know, with both teams there. But if you could, I would like to go with – between Panarin for one of them and Drysaddle for the other. I think, you know, the Rangers, a ton of their success this season was because of Panarin. Um, but Drysaddle has been dominant. He did it without McDavid for a little bit when he was hurt. Um, you know, he he should win. Um, so if we're just going hard, I'm going to say Drysaddle, but I'm, I'm going to say maybe one of them is Drysaddle and, and the other is Panarin um, between the two. But uh, it could also be both dry side. <laughs> but yeah, I'd say he's, you know, he should win one of those, if not both of them. Um, he's, he's just too good. Um, lead leader in points. And, you know, he, he was able to carry the Oilers for a little bit without McDavid too. So Matt, what about you? Um, so I'm going to echo that um, for the heart. I think you got to give it to Drysdale, um, just because. So solely two things: he led the league in points, and then at the end of the day, it's all about winning. And so he tied for the league lead with with um, Pasternak for ten game-winning goals throughout the season. So I got to give it to him. It's a pretty good stat there. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna buck the trend, and I'm gonna go McKinnon just because. Why not? Uh, I feel like he's kind of the guy that's not getting a lot of pub out of those three, or the least pub. And I feel like Colorado just kind of flew or was solid all year and kind of flew under the radar. wasn't like the most gaudy team. I also could be way off on that because I don't really pay attention to the West during the regular season. But I'm going to go McKinnon for the heart because why the fuck not? But, <laughs> there you go. But, I mean, he's a hell of a player too. He, he's he's incredible. I just think Colorado's team is because there's so much more to that team. That's why I didn't want to pick him. Um, like for me, I would probably still say Panarin should win it because like the Rangers really weren't that great of a team, but all their success was because of him. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, like the top two point scorers in the league are McDavid and Dreisaitl. So you could argue that, you know, in a way, and I'm not saying this you can make the argument that Drysdale isn't as important to his team as Panarin was to the Rangers, um, but I still think Drysdale probably does take the cake. Yeah. Well, it's going to be exciting. We got hockey in less than two weeks. Uh, it's going to be all nonstop hockey all day, every day for a while, which I'm looking forward to to distract me from my work day. 
I think everybody on this podcast is as well. Um, but Sean, we appreciate you coming on, man. We'll have to have you on again before the season starts so we can get a little preview um, or just whenever you want to talk hockey or anything else, you know, we'd love to have you back. But Yeah, absolutely. This is, uh, this is great. It's been fun. Enjoyed it. Thanks. All right, so we will uh, we will see you guys later. Sean, thanks again. Stay well, stay safe, and we'll see you guys later on. See ya. Adios. Thank <laughs> you.